Welcome back to the Voice of Benchmark, the ESG management podcast. In this episode, we'll be discussing the latest trends in waste management, including current challenges surrounding programs today, as well as the latest updates on compliance and regulatory considerations. We will also explore how Benchmark's Waste Tracker solution is helping organizations achieve ESG goals through the management of hazardous and non-hazardous waste from generation to shipment for disposal. We will be joined in this episode by the Benchmark team of waste experts, Doug Martin, Senior Vice President of Services, Brett Vonnewagen, Senior Leader of Subscriber Services, and Mitch Holderman, Customer Relationship and Product Manager of Subscriber Services and Delivery. So before we get started, can each of you please share a little bit about your roles within Benchmark? Doug, how about we start with you? Perfect. Hi, everyone. Doug Martin, as uh, Sarah mentioned. I've been with the team for about 18 years, and starting off really in the career here, I joined uh, a waste task force with one of our customers and have been working to upgrade, change, tweak, modify, upgrade, um, enhance our our waste solutions for every bit of those 18 years. And some of the things that we've done over the years, the the tools originally built as a profile and manifest management system. But as things grew over time, we started to build in things like container management and even moving into how does that data connect into things like sustainability and ESG reports. So it's been great to watch the, uh, the tides change over the years and continue the evolution of our waste solutions. Brett? Um, So uh, my name is Brett Vonnewagen. I'm a senior leader here with the Benchmark team in services and delivery. Uh, I started my career here actually supporting uh, Doug with with some enhancements to um, a certain customer's waste vendor management and approval and audit workflow program. And that really launched my career into uh, being a a quasi-product owner alongside Doug over the waste tool and some of our other environmental tools. Hi guys, uh, my name is Mitch Holderman. Happy to be here. I've been here for about four months now, so I'm still getting started, but my role is going to be just making sure our subscribers are set up for success with using our platform. I want to make sure they're using our modules to the utmost usage and making sure it's going to help them compliant and organized. If they're having any issues, I want to make sure these issues are addressed immediately and we're coming up with a solution to their needs. And then on the product side of things, I'll be helping with any product road mapping and our environmental suites and other product related tasks. I do have a background in environmental health and safety, as well as waste management. Perfect. Thank you for those introductions. So, Brett, would you like to get us started on our discussion this morning? Sure. Thanks, Sarah. So to kick things off, um, I think it's prudent to to start by just you know taking a quick overview across our customers. What are some of the the main challenges that they have in terms of waste management, and and what are some of the obstacles that we commonly see when we we work to help customers solve their waste management needs? I can start that off. So being in environmental health and safety in my previous roles, as well as just working with a bunch of environmental health and safety professionals out there. Uh, Some of the challenges, one being, you know, just keeping up with all the requirements out there and just worrying about, you know, the safety and injuries of your employees at your site and any nonconformances, violations, even fines that you could produce um, from not being compliant. Um, You know, you're always worrying about, you know, what's your generator status and how much waste is generated each month, any permitting requirements, any time limits for that accumulation on site your proper storage, um, proper disposal, trainings needed. So there's a lot of, lot to keep up with. 
And I think the other thing that we've seen here, Mitch, based on all of those items that uh, you need to keep up with from waste management is that when um, the governing agencies come on site, if they find issues, the fines related to environmental gaps and misses are something like 10 to 20x that of what would be a standard health and safety related uh, fine or non-conformance. Can you uh, respond back to that at all? That, that's what we've seen over the years, but have you had any uh, experience around that? Fortunately, I have not, no. Um, you know, part of your job, of course, you know, in environmental health and safety is just, you know, making sure you have everything set in place. So having like a proper management system is one way, you know, just keeping organized uh, with setting reminders and um, anything else that helps you, you know, stay away from those fines. Awesome. I think the other piece that comes in is really the documentation trail then. Um, understanding what it is that you're shipping off site, how was it uh, generated, what containers did it touch while it was being moved through the waste management process are all also critical areas of uh, the challenges that sites face in, in uh, waste production or I guess in, in general manufacturing today. What have you heard or what have you experienced around uh, the manufacturing side of things when it comes to the e-manifest system? Sure. Um, so I actually did a Google search because I wanted to see when the e-manifest, you know, came into, you know, signed into law. So I believe in Congress it was signed into law in 2012. And the East Manifest system launch, you know, was completed in mid 2018. You know, companies still have a long way to go, though, with, you know, just pulling the trigger for you just using an electronic only and making sure they're mm -hmm. being compliant with regulations. Um, From the benchmark side of things, I think that's where we see most of the confusion today or a lot of the questions, I guess, is um, how or A, have we tapped into the E-Manifest system? And B, if not, what are they supposed to be tracking and storing and managing versus what is the vendor ultimately responsible for? Yeah, exactly. You know, just with figuring out how to pull up manifests and other paperwork online for inspections, um, even for DOT purposes on the road. You know, if you're stopped at a, a truck stop where they're going to inspect your vehicle, they want to see those manifests. So they still haven't gotten to that point yet where they can do everything electronic. And, you know, just from my previous experience as well, and I know a lot of companies to this day are still using pen and paper a lot of the times and, you know, just Excel, you know, SharePoint and the O drive and just computer folders. So um, it's going to take some time for sure. But I know I think a lot of companies are still trying to figure out a way to better manage their environmental health and safety program. Awesome, Brett. Anything that you can think of that we haven't covered? Well, one of the challenges, I mean, obviously, uh, directly related to, you know, my experience supporting customers at Benchmark has been how we help uh, customers manage their their vendor usage, right? Uh, how they document and uh, approve or audit their waste vendors for transportation and disposal. Um, you know, that that's kind of a, a linchpin for, you know, how uh, a company, you know, uh, sustainably and compliantly, um, you know, sources vendors for um, compliance and to ensure that their their ESG uh, reputation and the and the services that they use and who they contract with is you know the highest standard and uh, and they can showcase that too. Um, it, it's interesting. To a up, Some of our newer subscribers, what we see is they're like approved vendor system. What do you mean by that? 
Um, so they're like, can we at least just document where our waste is going right now until we get corporate involved into that conversation? And then once corporate gets involved, they want to see all the vendors, what's been going out to the vendors. And that's where those uh, more more robust programs often come from. But it's been interesting over the past 10 years to watch that change happen from when we were working primarily with one large multinational company to now we have multiple multinational companies in lots of smaller um, individual um, locations that are using our systems and they have quite the wide variety of, of needs around vendor management. So flexibility has been key as we've, we've evolved our solutions as well. Yeah, thanks, Doug. I was going to say, you know, just another challenge I've seen, you know, from my previous roles, you know, just making sure everyone's on board at your site, you know, accumulation start dates and checking the fullness of these containers and container changeouts, you know, just making sure, you know, people are being compliant with container cleanliness and, you know, even just closing of the container was always an issue as well. That's a really great point, Mitch. Um, it we'll, you know, we'll have a second part of this podcast series on waste management and we'll talk about how through the benchmark waste tracker tool, we can integrate um, inspection checklists related to storage areas to help manage some of those needs. Perfect. So now that we've outlined some of the key challenges that we find um, businesses face, where do we see the future of waste tracking and management headed? So I totally, you know, can see it's only going to become more and more, you know, we're going to be using more technology. Uh, you know, everything's going to be digital and cloud-based, you know, looking at sustainability and using less paper. And again, just those e-manifests that are going to be coming into play for sure. Absolutely. That, that's the, the pathway we're all headed anyway. Um, I think when we were moving back into uh, at-home offices, it was, wow, we don't really need printers, do we? Um, <laughs> pretty interesting thing. But to try and keep things moving forward with waste management, the other piece that I see is a deeper dive into what you're shipping to various um, types of disposal facilities. For a number of years, we've worked with some of our large-scale multinational companies to do a deep dive. And it's not just saying how much have how much waste do we send to a recycling facility, but it's also taking that step back to say what was sent to the landfill. And several of them found that or, uh, um, several of those companies found that non-renewable resources that they were using as key parts of their products were being sent to landfills. It's not a really good thing. They're identifying that that's a huge risk for them. And they were actually able to start some kind of rejuvenation projects to figure out what could they do different with that product in order to get it out of the landfill as they continue to move forward and sustain their manufacturing a little bit longer. It didn't turn magically into uh, new revenue streams, but it definitely allowed them to identify ways to sustain their current production processes um, for a little bit longer than originally anticipated. So I think that's where I see a lot of things going around waste tracking, waste management is it's a lot of landfill diversion. So how can you get it into recycling facilities? But then what does remain in the landfill? Are there different ways that we could use it? Um, years ago, I remember getting a call from one of our sites saying, so in waste tracker on the manifest, you allow us to track cost. But what about profit? we actually sell our waste stream to a facility that's gonna use it for other processing. They get it cheaper from us, 
So they're willing to purchase it from us, which was a novel idea back then. So carrying those ideas forward, I think, is really where I see things going um, from a day-to-day -day basic perspective. But we've also done a ton here at Benchmark around AI. And I think the other area that we could really tap into is things like uh, on-site security cameras, the CCTV type things where you'd be able to identify, Mitch, to your earlier point, if a drum wasn't sealed properly. You could catch that from your security camera, identify it as a potential issue, and send someone from the health and safety or environmental team out to try and do a quick inspection and get that resolved before it becomes a big issue. No different if it was, uh, Again, looking at that same waste storage area, if someone dropped a, a chemical drum and all of a sudden it started leaking, you'd be able to identify that because the, the standard picture would be identified as out of compliance or out of bounds, and it would trigger that type of event notification for someone to go look a little bit more closely at what might be different. So I think uh, AI is gonna have a real big impact on waste management. Um, from the point of generation all the way through when it's leaving your facility on that truck to make sure that there's nothing wrong with the way it was packaged, make sure that there was nothing questionable at the way that was put onto the truck and so that it does end up at that disposal facility uh, seamlessly. Thanks, Doug. I agree with that. Uh, could you speak say, a little bit? Sorry. Could you speak a little bit more um, in regards to AI and technology in terms of maybe um, you know, uh, scanning in manifests or or using uh, imagery to you know detect labeling and storage. Quite the interesting one, Brent. We've talked about it for a number of years. Um, document scraping's been around for a number of years, and we've had the conversations on what would we want to build, and does it make sense? Um, prior to the e-manifest system here in the states really taking off. We were evaluating how to tap into image recognition in the US, again, specifically because of the standardization of your manifest form so that you would have been able to take a picture of it in the benchmark app, and then it would translate that into a shipped manifest. Now, as we continue to move forward, I'm feeling less and less urgency around that type of technology in regards to uh, waste tracker um, and more about how could we tap into the e-manifest system, whether it's with the vendor or on behalf of the uh, waste producer in order to get their reports out of it. So kind of a different take on that one, but we definitely have talked about it. And we're, we're evaluating it for other types of standardized forms as well across the benchmark solutions for that, that document scraping or document mapping um, exercise. When it comes to labeling, I think that's a great area. Um, some of the biggest finds that, that I've seen to date come from either missing labels or wrongly labeled drums at manufacturing uh, facilities or even um, stores. Um, whether you're talking about your local hardware store that has hundreds of thousands of gallons of paint going through it a year, um, having a drum of that mislabeled has cost them millions of dollars. So from an AI perspective, I think there's absolutely some, some pathways there to say this is clearly labeled and it's clearly labeled properly, or we potentially have an issue. Um, the other area that I think that really leads into is we've done some um, integration work with a group called WorkSmart. And my understanding with them is that any of the big retailers have to publish to them or release to them what is the chemical makeup of the product they're shipping to them? 
what this has enabled us to do for some of our distribution groups or distribution-based companies is it allows them to scan any barcode that's coming through their site and it's going to tell them which drum or which container to put that good that's damaged or needs to be disposed of into the right container or drum. That way you're not mixing um, products which could potentially cause um, explosions, fires, other issues downstream. So definitely a, a very hot topic, very active over the past couple of years, and I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. And to your point from earlier, Doug, you know, not only are we looking at, you know, technology changing with the future, but also what you said about the waste going to different, where your waste is going as a company, taking a look, you know, taking a step back and uh, looking at, you know, um, increasing your sustainability. Um, you know, many states, I feel like the United States is a little bit behind on that and looking at other countries are ahead of us uh, with, you know, recycling outlets and composting, electric hybrid cars, things like that. So I think we're also going to be looking at companies looking at their waste itself and hopefully producing less waste or purchasing chemicals with, you know, these bad chemicals and companies are going to be looking at purchasing products that don't have these bad chemicals used decades ago, such as lead-based paint, asbestos, you know, for installation, those PFAS chemicals, and also you're just looking and exploring at, you know, recycling opportunities. Absolutely. I think that's been a, a very key innovation that we've seen transpiring over the past number of years as well with our product steward solution as well trying to enable manufacturers to identify the source of their good and to make sure that it's being built um, in a, a sustainable way as well. Uh, so there's definitely uh, key themes here in how your end waste output starts at not just where you're manufacturing, but where you're getting your raw goods to manufacture. Excellent insights, Mitch. Absolutely. Great. Thanks, guys. Now, um, you know, on uh, topics of uh, environmental uh, sustainability and governance, um, specifically around sustainability. Um, you know, there is a, there's a pressing need for businesses to, to reduce waste and, and to show, uh, you know, improvements and trends. And, and, you know, I think Doug, to your, to your previous point, how, how businesses can uh, divert away from landfills and potentially even recover some cost on disposal by uh, recycling and uh, metal recovery, et cetera. Um, how can we reduce waste at businesses? Tough question. <laughs> um, we've touched upon it with a, a little bit of the, the prior stories or prior summaries where it comes down to good documentation. Um, it, it's hard to analyze how you're going to reduce waste or divert waste if you don't understand the details of the waste that you're shipping. One of the expectations with, uh, I think, any of the countries that we operate in is you have to have a good detailed profile of the waste that you're shipping out. Once you have that understanding, then you can start looking at it for more of that uh, chemical or engineering analysis to say, does it make sense for this waste to be going to a landfill or to an incinerator, or are there other things we could be doing with it? Could we be reusing it on site for uh, a secondary process? Could we be using it or sending it to a recycling facility in order to repurpose it into um, another good that we could then purchase back for reuse at our facility. So reducing waste is definitely, uh, again, one of those common things. It's one of those things that are in all of our ESG reports. It's what's our waste reduction goal? 
or our waste diversion goal. So it's definitely got a heavy emphasis on it, but I think it comes down to really understanding first and foremost, having that, that detailed waste profile so that you have a good starting point to, to analyze and to further refine. Mitch, any other insights from your side? No, I just know, I mean, manufacturing facilities, that's going to be a tough uh, question for them, how to reduce, because they're producing so much waste. So um, I think exactly what you said, you know, I mean, even as simple as replacing an old light fixture, you know, with more superfluous lifespans, you know, switching over to better refrigerant options, you know, as well as, you know, replacing other waste items with better options, if applicable. So. But I and I think a lot of companies, Mitch, to that point, are identifying those replacements as one-time special cause waste. So they're identifying it in a way that it doesn't let them tag it as waste diversion necessarily, but they're identifying that we, we recognize that it was going to be an increase in our waste product this year for the better of the environment in the longer term. So they're tagging it just a little bit differently in things like waste tracker or in their waste in waste management systems to allow them to identify there was a specific decision we were either doing things like demolition or uh, light fixture changeovers but we knew it was going to increase our waste this year but as we look at two and three years down the road the waste isn't only going to be reduced but we're also going to be improving our overall carbon footprint or electric usage on a month-to-month year-to-year basis absolutely and i think that you know, that raises an interesting point, not, not only how can we reduce waste and and promote, um, you know, more sustainable you know options in terms of waste and chemical usage, refrigerant options, et cetera. But um, how can we instead of, you know, uh, thinking about how we reduce the waste, but how can we change the kind of waste that we are producing as well? And I think having a good line of sight to uh, the documented profiles and waste streams um, the, the, the constituency of those waste streams uh, and those profiles, and then being able to make intelligent choices about um, our, you know, our, our product and manufacturing process, you know, an introduction of uh, quality element there as well um, to help identify ways that we can uh, reduce less, um, sorry, that we can produce less hazardous waste and maybe look to uh, generate, you know, uh, less caustic uh, waste outputs from our facilities. Most certainly. I know, uh, as we're all still living through the pandemic here in the current date, um, one of the other things that I know has been a challenge is replacement chemicals or replacement products and the impact that that might have. So, Brett, to your point, it might be a, a replacement for the benefit, so for a better lifespan and waste product output. But in some cases, I know our health and safety environmental teams globally have been challenged to say, we're now using a different product to make this. And this is going to create all of these new potential problems. So the, the EHS teams are definitely running both ends of the spectrum to say, how do we reduce things? But also due to supply and demand issues, if we accept an alternative, what is the impact on our, our waste management or other areas going to be? All right. Well, thank you, Doug and Mitch. Um, now that we've discussed a lot of the challenges, you know, the, the, the look forward environment around waste management and tracking and um, how businesses can potentially reduce or improve the, you know, the nature of their waste streams. Um, I, on our next, uh, the next segment of this podcast series, we can delve a little bit more into um, what kinds of tools and digital solutions can be employed at an organization to help them stay compliant, uh, to monitor, track, and report out 
their waste streams and and use that as a, a function to help drive their uh, their ESG and compliance initiatives. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to uh, getting together with uh, you and Mitch here uh, again in part two, so that we can really start diving into what uh, policies and procedures we're we're all familiar with that are helping to continue um, drive a more uh, a higher emphasis on environmental programs, things like ISO fourteen thousand and one your VPP uh, processes, um, as well as your internal company audits and policies, and how all of those things are tying into continued evolution and improvement, let alone things as basic as uh, weekly waste site inspections and and other um, specific areas around waste management. Mitch, any final thoughts from you? Um, Looking forward to the next conversation. I don't have anything. (laughs) (laughs) Not a problem. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Voice of Benchmark podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for part two of our discussion on waste management and how Benchmark's waste tracker solution can help you achieve your organization's ESG goals.